With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Welcome to Crunch Time. Michael's going to lob it to the teeth of goal. Cameron flies. Elliot's out the side. Mid-air volley! How do you like that? Elliot with his second in spectacular style. Happily goes the snap from about 45. Don't tell me. Do not tell me. You, you can, you're not allowed to do that, Tom Papley. Owens won it back. Now memory from a standing start on the 50. Rasping kick to goal, and he gets it. He's been looking for it, Tim Memory, in game 150. Ball knocked away from Hawkins into the path of Myers, who pads it in front of Smith. He gives the handball to Cameron with Smith bearing down. He scores the goal. Great tackle from yeah. Walsh. Somehow out of forward. Keyes is going to run onto the footy. He's got Himmelberg. This way, it goes around the corner. Himmelberg has kicked the goal! And the Crows are home! It has been a big weekend of footy so far. We're going to unpack all of the action in round 20 right here on Sunday Crunch Time. everyone, good morning and welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. It is great to have your company, Nat Edwards and Michael Barlow with you as we look ahead to the afternoon of football that is ahead. A couple of, uh, well, shall we say, Mick, probably uh, less uh, exciting games in the Gold Coast Suns and, the, and West Coast. Can't wait to call it. Oh. I'm looking forward to it, yep. uh, the Gold Coast Suns and uh, West Coast. There's a, there is a... One of the three games has a, a big yes. reading on, on yeah. the Richmond postseason, and Brisbane doesn't it? But at the other two. The MCG will be uh, very interesting indeed. Lots of uh, lots on the line really for the Richmond Football Club who are sitting um, outside the top eight at this point. And obviously the Brisbane Lions want to keep in touch with the top four. Essendon and North Melbourne, the other game at Marvel Stadium later this afternoon at 4.40. That could be a danger game for the Bombers as well. North Melbourne... Are we looking to bounce back and try and snare another win before the season ends? But as we say, plenty happening uh, on Saturday. Uh, the Saturday wrap for the Werribee Izuzu Ute. They make buying cars easy. The Pies, in case you missed it, they've made it 10 wins in a row now and basically extinguished the Powers finals chances in the process. The stage now set for a Friday night blockbuster. Collingwood and Melbourne very much Looking forward to that one. The Swans, they thumped an insipid Giants outfit by 73 points. And GWS caretaker coach Mark McVeigh was scathing in his assessment of that performance. We'll hear from him very shortly. 
The Saints kept their season alive with a 12-point win over a fast-finishing Hawks outfit. They're now inside the top eight. And the Cats last night, well, they just showed why they are the premiership favourites, powering away in the third term against the Bulldogs with eight unanswered goals. The Bulldogs now find themselves outside the eight again and clambering to make finals. And the Blues, a shock loss to the Crows leaves them vulnerable. They face the Lions, Demons and Pies to finish off the season. Are they now in danger of missing the finals? We will discuss that as well. That was the Saturday wrap for Werribee Izuzu. Upgrade your old ute into D-Max now. They're paying top dollar for trade-ins. A lot to unpack there, Mick. I want to get from you, though. Big winner so far from this round. Well, the big winner, uh, it has to be the... Pies for mine. They just keep because during the week, people start to question the pies' legitimacy about mm. the postseason. Don't they? There's, you know, you, you turn on any radio show during the week, and it's all about Geelong. It's about Melbourne. It's about Sydney. Maybe making a run. Why can't Collingwood win it? Because they've just put ten together, and they've shown the maturity to win close games. Yeah, Craig that's McCra- a big one. Yeah, Craig McRae's presser. Was was an insightful listen around the Jack Ginnivan stuff, but he also talked about uh, that he he felt yesterday's game that they controlled and it was a, a more comfortable win than six points. Port came late and and made it very interesting, but uh, for for mine it is Collingwood are a legitimate premiership chance, and they would be harnessing and embracing that outside perception that they can't win it. Mm. So they, they would just be saying, you know, let's. And that, I think it would be a positive for, for the Collingwood Football Club to have that negative connotation on their prospects to win the premiership because then the expectation isn't there, whereas Geelong, the closer it gets, Geelong will be a big watch, won't they? Because they've been here before and it does have a different feel to it, the Cats, this year, and we can get to that later. But uh, Collingwood, they're legitimate and, and they can win it. I mean, no one probably most people wouldn't have had (laughs) Collingwood inside the top eight at the start of the season, let alone top four. And they are sitting third on the ladder right now. If the Lions manage to win today and break their hoodoo at the MCG, they'll likely um, move into third spot there. So it might have the pies down the rung. But the fact that they're top four at the moment is incredible. A couple of injury concerns, though, with Taylor Adams um, he injured his groin. He was subbed out at half time. And Jeremy Howe did his hamstring late as well. So a couple mm. of injury issues. But they've also got Brody Grundy. They do. Due to come back. He played VFL yesterday. Got through unscathed. 11 disposals, 8 tackles and 21 hitouts. So that really makes it interesting when it comes to selection as well for Craig McRae. And you look at their game yesterday. It was a game where Sidebottom has 13, Pendlebury 16. So you know, the... the the big guns, mm. um, the more mature big guns. Uh, Adams gets injured, yep. so, so limited impact from him. So they're finding different ways to win. If you had have said at the start of the year, you know, a, a win or, or they'll go on a 10-game 10, 10 winning streak and, and these are the types of players that will play in most of them, players that you've never heard of. Ash, Ash Johnson, yep. you know, Carmichael has come in and been yep. the sub a couple of times. Trent Bianco. Uh, obviously, Nick Dacos has, has had, a, had a big play in, in all of that. But even Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and if you were to be told they'll go 10 in a row and Brody Grundy would be unavailable. Yeah. So they're, they're finding different ways uh, to to do it. So the injury concerns um, will test them. Their, their reserves had a, a really good win against Southport, who's a top two side in the, the VFL competition. So what that says is, is the pressure from below is significant and Brody Grundy will come back into the side, you know, there's, there's question marks about how and what the mix looks like. They'll make it work for 
for from my point of view. Um, but uh, the Pies, and they, they're becoming a not-so-hated football club as well, are they? The, the way Craig McRae handles himself and and uh, brings brings everyone along for the ride with, with their story. They do have elements, I think, where they're, they're pushing some uh, neutral observers to the side, <laughs> the Jack Innovan stuff, of course, yeah. and Collingwood being Collingwood. But, uh, yeah, they're a, they're a great story. No, the they're playing entertaining football. And just on Jack Innovan, I mean, we're now at a point where the AFL obviously altered um, the interpretation and they've tweaked it. There have been incidents mm. the last couple of weeks where he has literally had his head torn off and should have been paid free kicks that he's now not getting, um, which just, you know, creates even more debate and discussion about this. I just want to play some audio. It's it's Jack Ginevan speaking after the game about the effect that the extra scrutiny on him has had. And then after that, we'll also hear from Craig McRae on his thoughts on Jack Ginevan as well. How are you handling all the pressure and your name being in the headlines and on radio every day? It must be a lot for a youngster. Yeah, it's definitely taking a toll um, on my mental health and all that stuff, but um, I'm here happy, smiling. When you're kicking goals and winning, it's uh, beautiful, so can't complain. Who do you turn to inside the club? Is it the coach? Is it the captain? Who are the boys that have got you back? Yeah, I've got some strong leaders around me. Darcy Moore, um, Callum Brown's one of my best mates. He's looking after me. My mum, my family's so amazing. They're up here every week, so I can't complain. Um, Fly, he's a beautiful human. Uh, I love him a bits, and he's looking after me day by day. Yeah, uh, look, see, we, we, we're conscious of this. We see him. We try to protect him. Um, you know, we get to a point where we say, oh, I think maybe enough's enough. You know, let's look after this kid. You know, there's, there's creating all these stories. And, you know, again, we've we, we got to look at what we can control around that. Um, he's a nine-year-old kid, and he's saying his mental health's been strained. Let's look after him, huh? He's 19, as Fly mm. just said there. I mean, there's been so much made. And, and it comes back to, obviously, I mean, the Pies admitted themselves that they were training their players and Jack to to behave in this way and search for free kicks mm. and look for it. You just don't want it to be his first instinct because he's a talented player, kicked three goals yesterday. So we know he can play footy. It's just getting that part out of it. And now, obviously, he's, he's not getting the free kicks that he probably does deserve. Yeah, exactly. And it'll, it'll come back around. So it'll come back around. There was obviously the Mason Redmond one last week, yeah. which um, was there for everyone to see. And it, uh, 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 that that incident, whilst in the moment it wasn't great for Jack Ginnivan, I think it'll it'll help him long term yeah. because he, he will now fully understand um, the balance of of playing the game. There was two or three week period there where he was getting it, and it was clear that his first instinct was play for the free kick when he would have one, two, and three options to give it to, and he'd still go for the free yeah. kick. So the, the connection is clear there for everyone to hear, really, isn't it? Jack Ginnivan and Craig McRae. So yeah. Craig McRae. Love what he said that that there's elements that they have to control and assist Jack with. So they're they're putting their hands up and saying, okay, the there is a, a fair euphoria around Jack Ginevan from the media and and externally, but they still have to take some responsibility. Okay, how can we actually um, control this situation and, and actually help Jack own some of the situation yep. as well? So Craig McRae would be great in in that moment to. Uh, to educate Jack, I looked at their side last week, and I, I probably thought I don't think I would have been alone thinking Jack Ginnivan spots under a bit of pressure mm. with with how he was performing and and everything that was coming around uh, his own circumstance, the way he played. So for him to bounce back as well, he he's an admirable young man because whenever he's under pressure, he delivers. 
So he was under pressure, I think, probably for his spot this week. Yep. Goes out and kicks three goals uh, and has a big impact on the game and um, big, nice smile and, and contributes to a, another close win. And he doesn't need many disposals. He only had the eight, but maximum impact. And, of course, those three goals, as you said, who is a loser from round 20 so far? Well, uh, they're off Broadway and we will get a grab. Well, let's go to the Mark McVeigh post game uh, right now. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah I'm extremely disappointed with today. We we embarrassed our club. Um, but there's just the unfortunate part of um, dealing with whether players have checked out or not. And that's that's as honest as you possibly can be. And you know, if I look at the list, I reckon there was probably eight players that really went to the wall today. You know, you talk about Kelly Whitfield, Perriman, Taylor Ward. Hogan, Green and Kennedy. I thought all those eight players were, you know, fought right through to the end and, and tried and gave absolutely everything. Um, but, you know, eight players doing that's not enough. Eight players. So what, what would have happened in the coaching experience? Yes. The, the coaches get together after the game. They'll have all their magnets on the board and, and they'll, they'll make a list. They'll probably have three columns. It'll be like, you know, no good, maybe. And, you know, for, from... Yeah, good or, or tried. I think Mark <laughs> McVeigh was nearly – where was the effort levels? No yeah. effort, some effort and effort. So eight players to have effort. So eight players probably be in the effort or maybe effort column. That means 14 full-time pros with a club on its knees haven't put in effort, yep. haven't haven't showed up. In, in the battle of the bridge where during the week you hear, oh, this, this game means a fair bit to us. And uh, if they're going to put out that sample in the battle of the bridge when their season's over – what what remains for them this year? Yeah, so I, I think Mark McVeigh had to address that the way he did. Embarrassed and checked out. If you're a GWS player this morning, oh. you are embarrassed. Of course because you are. Because you may not have been embarrassed if Mark McVeigh doesn't front it like that, but uh, that that's his biggest tool at the moment, Mark McVeigh. Obviously, he's not getting through to his players behind closed doors, so he's gone external and, and put it on them. I mean, the fact that he came into that press conference and if you watch the vision, he read off a piece of paper, those eight names. Mm. So it was a targeted... He might have had the calculator. He might have <laughs> had the, Just bring the board in. It, yeah. was, it was really targeted, really calculated by him. And that is... I mean, you don't see that often mm. from coaches, do you? That Just to come out and be that brutally honest. He was absolutely scathing. It was actually compelling watching that, that press conference. But the Giants are just nowhere at the moment. And when you look at the list and you look at the talent that they have, they shouldn't be losing to the Sydney Swans by 73 mm. points. It was just an insipid performance, really, by the Giants. And if you look at... I guess he alluded to to the fact that, you know, some players are, are grappling with their futures at the club. I mean, we know that so much has been made about Tim Taranto, Jacob Hopper, um, Bobby Hill and, and Tanner Bruin. Tanner Bruin obviously dropped for that game. Tim Taranto has 16 disposals. Jacob Hopper, 15 touches mm. himself. I mean, those players, you, you think that, um, and if you believe what you're reading, they're on their way out. Um, but yeah, not but, great. Well, selection will be interesting, won't it? Well, yeah. yeah. Selection match committee is your greatest tool as a coach. So the there is if they're out and if they're thinking the form isn't there and they're not buying into it, let's get a head start on yeah, it. Yeah, and and that could absolutely be it. Uh, and it may be a mature conversation around that. The most recent example of a situation like that. No, not say not to say this this will happen, but 
It's happened before. I think it was Lockie Henderson uh, finishing up at Carlton. Yes. And was clear that he was going to go to Geelong and and the club had the discussion that – We're not going to play? Yeah, we're not going to play. But also I think Lockie had a – had a say in it as well, and I'm 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 not privy to the uh, full conversations, but I, I do recall hearing a, a media interview with Lockie recently about that there was a bit of self-preservation for his yeah. own situation, you know, to play three games or however many games it was and potentially get injured. Exactly, um, may limit what they a the club can get for them, and and b what the player can maximise in terms of his opportunity. So. Potentially some mature conversations coming up uh, at the Giants. Yeah, the Giants, they host the Bombers next week. A big game for them in terms of bouncing back. It is interesting too, though, because that first month after Mark McVeigh took over, they looked like the shackles had been taken off. They were playing some more exciting footy. They were averaging 110 points per game. Um, The last four games, they're only averaging 45 points per game. So they've just dropped off completely. It's like when you you go to the servo and you fill up the car with petrol. (laughs) You fill up the car with petrol and you're at the checkout and, you know, there's the two for $5, the lollies. (laughs) And I did it last night coming back from GMHBA Stadium at about 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, so that's fair enough. I had a big day and I bought the um, packet of lollies and I ate the whole packet of lollies. So I had the sugar hit and I was I was pretty good for the next yep. hour or two. And then and then the rest of the oh, it took a while to get sleep and then I was a bit sugar bit, low. Bit, bit sugar dusty this morning. Uh, so <laughs> that that's the Giants. They've come in with the new coach. They've they've revitalised their their ball movement. They've ha- they've had the spike and pretty quickly clubs put work into the opposition. You know, oh, okay, how are they playing now under Mark McVay? They're trying to access corridor. Let's clog up the corridor. Deny them that one. Force them long down the line, and, and they won't score, yep. which is happening. Yeah, it's uh, so the big loser, GWS. They are indeed, and from that game, I mean Sydney. Really, that was a percentage boosting win that they needed. They're now into the top four, and geez, I mean double chance um, is all there for them. But they're they've got a relatively easy. I say that mm. with inverted commas. Um, last three rounds of the season, they play the Ruse next week. I mean, maybe they could even get into the top two. Even the Sydney Swans. I mean, they. They were amazing yesterday. Luke Parker, in particular, he won um, a fifth Brett Kirk medal, which is a record. Yeah, 34 possessions, Luke Parker. I think Errol Gooden might have been a bit stiff with 33. I know. He was excellent, Uh, Errol. To you run down the list of names. um, I spoke about this last week on on Sunday Crunch Time. Mm. It is that that new wave of, of talent, which is coming through the midfield and, um, you know, giving them some spice up forward. So Goulden, you know, Mills is is not a new kid on the block, but he's going to be around for a long yep. time. Robottom had a big game. He did, uh, yep. Blakey off halfback. McInerney continues to impress. Probably early in the season, McInerney was an All-Australian winger. He's, he's uh, tapered off a little bit. Chad Warner, we've spoken about him at length. Tom yep. Papley's hard to stop. Uh, Dylan Stevens, they've made to earn for opportunity. So th- a lot of these players... Uh, yeah, they're coming through together, and they're a connected group, the Swans. They, they were my uh, pre-season tip for the flag. So Ooh, now that they're actually going okay, interesting. now that they're going okay, I can say that, when they were going pretty poorly a few weeks ago, or, or not a few weeks, probably uh, <laughs> a, a month to two <laughs> months ago, where, where they were probably going to make the finals and bow out. But um, yeah, I've, I've tipped them for the, for the premiership at well, the start. as it stands right now, who are your two grand finalists then? Ooh. Right now, you've got to put Swans Sydney in it then, and the Cats. Well, so no D's. Well, not, only two teams can play at that. Really? Is that is that, that how it that's works? How it works. <laughs> the D's are close third, and uh, the Pies. Yeah, they're going 
going well enough. Brisbane, big watch on them at the MCG today. I think get the popcorn out for that one. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that game. 3.20 start at the MCG. All right, plenty more Sunday crunch time still to come. We're going to dissect last night's game at GMHBA Stadium right after this. The award-winning crunch time. You're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Nat Edwards and Michael Barlow with you on this Sunday morning. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. We know the Geelong fans are having a great weekend. It was a party at GMHBA Stadium in the second half last night. The Cats 14-10-94 getting the job done over the Western Bulldogs 9-12-66 and the Cats, well, they made a statement in that third term as they celebrated Joel Selwood's 350th game. What an incredible player he has been. We'll speak about him as well in this segment, but the Cats uh, join the Pies on winning 10 games in a row. They've actually now won 15 of the past 17 against the Dogs, so they've got the Dogs number, and that third term was super impressive. I mean, the Dogs led by 26 points at one stage. They did. Third quarter, 25 possessions and four goals to the following players combined. Mm. So Stengel. Yep. Tick. Myers. Tick. And close. So yep. the small forwards got involved uh, and combined for four goals. And Stengel was pretty well held for the night, but you give him a little little taste of it and he gets going. So he had eight possessions and two quarters himself in that quarter. So, uh, yeah, the, the the front, the back half of the dogs in particular, you know, that, that, was, that was the big talking point heading into the game externally. Don't ask Luke Beveridge that. No, uh, don't. He, he, was, he was a bit prickly. He was prickly about, uh, about the Alex Keith situation that it had raised a few eyebrows. Um, but it was validated early. Gardner was really good one-on-one. So was Cordy. Yep. Um, Buku Kamas. You know, you, you see what you've got there. The longer the game went uh, and when the Cats started to get involved around the ball. Yeah, uh, that, that midfield third, got yeah, on top. That third quarter in particular just put the back six of the dogs under pressure. And it was the Smalls um, that really cashed in on that quarter. And, and Tom Hawkins you know, kicked two goals three, but had a... A few absolute howlers, which he missed and, and probably should have filled up a little bit more. I've loved the season of Brad Close. I mean, last night, 19 touches. He kicked one goal, three. So it was a little inaccurate. Seven tackles as well. I just love what he brings to Geelong's forward line. I love his long sleeve jumper too. He's always easy <laughs> to pick He's out. But pick. I just feel like those smalls, as you say, are just complementing the talls very, very nicely. Patrick Dangerfield, we need to talk about him because he was absolutely brilliant. 26 disposals, 10 contested possessions, 7 score involvements as well. Probably his best game since returning and they managed him really cautiously. They wanted to get the work into him just so he would be fit and firing at this exact time of the year. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? And I spoke uh, last week about Dangerfield. He was one that was... Only just going. Yep. And we can talk about the Cats. If we talk about Dangerfield going well, um, it's, it's a very good sign for the Cats. Mm. But they're not relying on Dangerfield no. and Salwood and um, you know, probably to a little, like to Hawkins last night. To, you know, they, they find their goals without him last night. He kicks two, a few other opportunities, but it's the smalls that, that get on, on the board. The, the big strength, and I think what's different about the Cats this year to last year or the last few years, is their bottom six yeah. are – 
uh, you know, they're, they're players that have held them in for a long time. Yeah. And they've stepped up, haven't yeah. they? But and even like Zach Guthrie, I thought, was really good last mm. night too. He's been sort of in and out. We've talked about Tom Atkins sort of being that unsung sung hero mm. at times. But you're right. It is those bottom six players and Sam DeConning who's – you know, obviously a young player still in the, the infancy of his, his career. but doing He reads the ball things. so well. Yeah. He's unbelievable. in ter- Well, speaking of reading the ball well, he's probably learnt off the best um, in Stewart coming back in. So Tom Stewart, there was, a, there was a clear initiative of the dogs, which really worked in the first quarter, lowering their eyes and, and playing through Stewart's man, which was Johannesson yep. early. And Johannesson kicked one early and, and set, set up a couple of other plays early in the match. But... Yeah, it absolutely um, looked like the dogs had set themselves for an ambush on the big night of Joel Salwood's 350th and, uh, you know, the big occasion. They came out with 20 minutes and, and absolutely threw the first punch and, and put, put the Cats on the back foot. But the Cats, to their credit, I don't think Chris Scott does a huge amount of coaching on the night. You just – and that, that's no disrespect. Because like, no. he, he's, he's got this club the and these players to where they're at to – didn't change a huge amount mechanically. They brought Jeremy Cameron up to some stoppages just to get mm. him a sugar hit and get him feeling involved. But I think he, he just trusts his players to to will themselves back into the game around the contest, of, of which they did. And then they put a little bit more pressure on the ball of the dogs, which then brought Tom Stewart into the game. So for all Tom Stewart's ability to read the ball, what it relies on is pressure around the ball and making sure the dogs can't run out and, and run and gun and take a couple of bounces and, and, and access space with ball in hand. So uh, all... The stars aligned in the second half in particular for the Cats. Yeah, the game was turned on its head after halftime. I wondered last night when I was watching that game at GMHBA Stadium if, you know, at halftime they spoke about Joel Selwood's 350 and and getting the win for him. Chris Scott was asked about whether the milestone played into the result. This is what he had to say after the game. The the way the second half responds, can we read anything into the the effect of the milestone? Oh, well, you can and, and you're well and truly entitled um, to your opinion and um, the last thing I want to do is kind of um, dampen the enthusiasm around the response and it's, it's possible but I, I, th- I think this is the hard part about coaching a team sport um, we talk about the collective a lot but really there's, there's a whole lot of individuals that feel different things so trying to summarise you know, how, how everyone's feeling about it um, is difficult for my part and again, I sound like the Scrooge here, but I'd be offended if um, someone said to me, you look like you tried harder because there was something on the line tonight. We, we, we kind of want every time players, which is what Joel's been. So if there is a little bit of extra motivation, it's kind of like, hey, let's, try to, let's try to be a little bit like him tonight. So Chris Scott there on whether the milestone played into the result. Uh, always a Scrooge, isn't he? Chris Scott? I reckon, yeah. yeah. He, was he saying, made a fair point. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. I think oh, they would have been harnessing it at some stage. And I think so. Bring him out the front and say, look, it's a fair night here for, for – and Joel would have been uncomfortable, yeah. I would imagine, in the in the circumstance. And he'll look forward to playing his 351st, I think, yeah. more so than his 350th. Uh, well, Joel Selwood, um, yeah, so – it was a big night, you know, the, the guard of honour. And there's been no better at the Cats. There's yeah. been a bit of a discussion at this point. Where, where does this, he rank for you? Uh, and I'm, I'm, I think uh, the Pickers will be very good at answering this after yeah, 12. Yeah, I know, we'll bring this know, up again. He's, he's a man now that's well and true. Well, he's always been invested in, in Geelong, but he's played with the greats as well. So I don't, I don't have the, the understanding of, 
of the past greats. You know, even Gary Ablett Senior. I grew up as a as a Geelong supporter, and and Gary Ablett Senior was. Um, you know, a, a fair pull to, to actually supporting the Cats and what you he did. You can't compare them because in terms of Gary Ablett Senior, you watch his highlights reels. He's just mercurial. Everything he did is just that brilliance. In, in a way, he was a freak. Joel Selwood might not be the most talented player yeah. we've ever seen, but he's courageous. He's uncompromising. It's his leadership. that All of those different elements yeah. feed into and that, that's making why him I, this That's player. why I would, I would be leaning strongly towards Joel Selwood. Mm. The legacy piece, yeah. the impact he had in that first year was it 07? 07, he comes oh. in and wins a premiership, wins Norm, uh, off, wins the off rising star. Knees too. Four Didn't operations before he was eighteen. Six clubs in the in in the draft before the Cats thought the knees he won't last. Yes. And three hundred fifty games picked, later, uh, Mitch Thorpe the pick before Joel Selwood. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can't begrudge. No, you can't. They're hard to they're hard to gauge. They and are. that's just throwing Hawthorne right into the <laughs> into the mixer here. And uh, anyone out there, <laughs> Hawthorne went all right during that period as well. I reckon. That, so. <laughs> Imagine Joel Selwood and Luke Hodge playing together. Who would have been captain? Well, so they wouldn't have all been able to fit. It's the old team balance. Someone had to go out. <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, anyway, congratulations to Joel Selwood. 350 games. He is an absolute champion. There is no doubting about that. I do want to get to the Dogs, though, because they're 26 points up in the first term. They lose by 28. There's a lot to sort of unpick with them. You want to talk a little bit about Tim English and their ruck situation. I do. So uh, we'll probably ride the roller coaster of... Uh, week to week and how they go. And Tim English, I did the game. I've done the Dogs' last two games. Mm. So last week against Max Gorn, you think, how, how good is this? Yeah. Tim English. Um, uh, where last night, you know, John Segler comes in. and Debut. And they find uh, – they, they were just physical. Even in the warm-ups, uh, watching the, the Cats warm up with their centre bounce, they made a real uh, intent. Um, AFL Nation's own Josh Jenkins was on the ruck bag. Yes. And you know, playing the, 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 the Tim English – mock uh, situations. So he'd come in and, and Segler would cross the line really quickly to, to nullify that yep. and then Blitz, Blitzar would do the same. So they made an intent to be really physical and just um, nullify the aerial stuff of which Segler had a nice night. I think he, he had uh, more hit outs. Well, they had more hit outs collectively mm. than English across the night. But outside of English, they haven't got a second ruck at the moment. Josh Bruce, I think, had maybe one or two hit outs for the night, and, and that was it. So that's the Rory Lobb situation. Last week, scratching their heads as to why they want to bring him over. Uh, there is a need, a legitimate need for a second ruck um, for the Bulldogs. Sam Darcy is 209 centimetres or something, nearly the tallest player in the AFL, but he's – I'm holding a pen. It's not great for radio. There's a, there is a, there's a few uh, cameras in here now. He's the, he's the size of the pen, and he's full of talent. Yep. Playing behind the ball or in front of the ball because, doggies, you've got a 12-year to 14-year yep. uh, key forward or key back, whichever you want uh, at this stage and could be both. Well, questions are still going to be coming. Is Sam Darcy going to make his debut? You had a front row seat when uh, Werribee played against Footscray yesterday, just seeing what he did in the VFL, 19 touches 14 marks playing up, no. as a defender. <laughs> Sorry. You told me before your forward kick five goals on him. Oh, I didn't say that, Nat. I said uh, my key forward kick five <laughs> might have been a mixture of uh, the key backs there at the dogs. But Sam Darcy, you can see what he's got. He's, um, yeah, ability to read in the air. The physicality element is clearly the the piece at the moment. I'd, I'd be um, 
not shocked, but I'd be surprised if he plays this year in the AFL, the way you listen to Bevo's yeah. language around what they expect for the rest of the year they and developing him. and what they've done with Eugle Hagen last year. So I'd imagine, yeah, get a few more games into him uh, in the VFL. Their, their VFL side is unlikely to play finals or potentially can't play finals. So maybe just finish the year, bulk up a little bit over, over the summer and we'll see the emergence of Sam Darcy in 2023. Uh, he would be my tip early for the Rising Star next year. Ooh, I like it. Get in early. I do want to ask you, you mentioned Josh Bruce. So three games back now from an ACL in terms of playing AFL-level football. He's kicked just the one behind in those three games and a total of five marks. Kane Corn said on the round so far oh, no. on afl.com.au last night that he is a liability. Okay. What That's are your a bit thoughts? soft by Kane. I was expecting something <laughs> a bit more strong. What, what are your thoughts on that? Because it obviously <laughs> is very difficult coming back from an ACL. He's only three games back, but they got no goals from Bruce or Norton yeah. last night. It was just Jamara in terms of the tools. Yeah. What, yeah watching, what do you do with him? Watching live, he'll come under pressure. They clearly went with the winning formula this week uh, and the importance of, of Bruce to Eugle Hagen. And, and they'll, they'll treat it as a as a little team within a team. Okay, mm. how are they functioning as a team within a team? And, you know, they'll have that three-week sample block now of how are we looking? And is Josh Bruce pulling away from the influence of, of Norton? Is he, is he doing his role in terms of actually absorbing a, yep. a, a defender, which last night, um, you know, wasn't the case? At, at the same time, it would have been a hard position. To be, it's a hard position to play any, of the, any, any time, key forward, but... The second half last night, they couldn't get any clear yeah. ball or access. They did not go through the corridor once. The dogs. It was, it was going around the around the wings of a very skinny GMHBA stadium, and they just couldn't get through. So, limited opportunity for Josh Bruce. Uh, we've got to be a little bit understanding of of what he's come off the back of. Have they they rushed him back into the situation of of the senior team? Perhaps to to, to say he's a liability at the moment. Um, but mine's probably a stretch because last week was all about bringing the ball to ground and bringing Jamar Hagen into the game. He, he did that from here. Uh, it's what's their best mix? Is it um, is it what they've got, or is it one of those three out? Which you know, out of those three, you're thinking it's probably Bruce and and maybe bring in a a more versatile or or a different different dynamic in the forward half. Yeah, Bevo's certainly got his work cut out for him over the next three weeks. They face Fremantle at Marvel Stadium next Saturday, and then they have the Giants and the Hawks, and that Hawks game is actually in Tassie, which is not an easy one to go down there to play the Hawks against Tassie. The Giants, obviously, off yesterday's performance. You'd think that looking at that, the Dogs should win two Mm. out of the three the game against Fremantle is the interesting one, and they're now outside the top eight. They really have to win all three to make finals. Yeah, the dogs can win and lose against anyone. I think, <laughs> and I think most that's most clubs. Yeah, um, I love I've said it a couple of times it, the the way Bevo addresses the media. I love it. It's, it's theatre stuff. Sunday morning, listening to all the presses. <laughs> if you if you do a, a podium out of the Commonwealth, out of respect to the Commonwealth games, yes, I like press it. conferences you want to yes, listen gold to. Medal. Each week, each week, Joel Brooks's uh, favourite, you know, the, the producer of the the breakfast show on SEN, uh, Bevo's one. Yeah. Put him on uh, gold yep, medalist. Gold, yep. uh, two. Can be prickly. 
Yeah, two. He used to love Nathan Buckley, but he's now yep now gone. Ross Lyon obviously used to be oh. good, but, but right now I think it's it's Bevo. Mark McVeigh's becoming a must listen. Uh, Ken Hinckley's pretty good. Uh, but anyway, back to the point, <laughs> uh, which I've lost the train of thought. But um, Bevo was positive. Money? Yeah, he was positive about what they can achieve. We can get short sighted in this industry. Seven days ago, we were talking about how good they were after beating the D's, and last last night they play a red hot. A red hot, um, uh, a red hot Geelong at yes. Geelong. Yep, they did. Uh, also on your podium should be uh, Mick Malthouse. He was always a, a yes. scary one in press conference. Uh, Ross Lyon, I've, I've been in a few Ross Lyon press conferences over the years. Always very, very scared to ask a question. Anyway, this is Sunday crunch time for Werribee Izuzu. Upgrade your old ute into D-Max. Now they are paying top dollar for trade-ins. We'll be back after this to dissect the Adelaide and Carlton game at Adelaide Oval. The award-winning crunch time. Great to have your company on Sunday Crunch Time. Hope you're having a fabulous weekend. We're heading to the Adelaide Oval now. The Adelaide Crows 12-12-84, defeating the Carlton Football Club 8-7-55. That upset, well, it leaves the Blues, Michael Barlow, uh, a little vulnerable in the top eight now because they're seventh, so 12-7. and seven. A win and percentage now out of the top four. They really needed to win that game to, to stay in touch with the top four, but just looking at their run home, Brisbane at the Gabba next week, Melbourne, then Collingwood at the MCG to finish right. the season. And, I mean, you're looking at who's it chasing them now. Richmond, if they win today. Obviously, the Bulldogs still in contention. St Kilda pop into the eight after beating Hawthorne yesterday. It's uh, it's fairly tight. They're, they're no guarantee to make finals now. No, exactly. And I'll tell you what, there'll be a few uh, riding that one home uh, that uh, don't really like Carlton. They're, they're, they're probably in the top, speaking of podiums, they're probably in the podium <laughs> of terms of they're long-suffering, uh, but I don't think they get a huge amount of sympathy from opposition no, supporters as well. So, so uh, yeah, tough run home. So much about mentality this game, isn't it? I'd imagine the dogs, oh, not the dogs, the, the crows, would have really steeled themselves for this one. Yeah. Within the city of churches, they would have been under enormous amount of, amounts of pressure about their their stagnation and improvement, and, and they needed a scalp, and, and they came out and got a scalp. And the way they did it um, was was with a plan. I think Carlton just rolled on, you know, thinking, okay, let's go to our style, and yep. you know, Adelaide will do this. And you know, um, but the the invention, or or however you want want to put it, with Ben Keys kind of doing a job on mm. Adam Saad. Uh, he's been close to their mis- best midfielder across the last couple of years, but to to step outside of yourself, he's captained the club a couple of times, Ben Keys, and say, right, I'm going to go to this job for the team. Sard still had 26 possessions, but just didn't didn't penetrate and didn't but use the ball like as well. But only like 388 metres yeah. gained, which is super low for him yeah. because he's always creating and, and getting that run and, and really gaining that advantage. For the Blues, I mean, the Crows, they were super physical from the start. It was really relentless. They they went at the Blues. I think that was really targeted. I mean, Matthew Nix, when you hear him speak in every press conference, he refers to Adelaide's DNA, which yeah. is that contested ball. They were plus 14 in that area. Carlton just got beaten up um, around the ball as well. Interesting, like Carlton, they started the season 8-2. and two. They've only won four of their last 
nine now and only topped 100 points against the Eagles in that time. They've really dropped off, haven't they, in that second half of the season? Yeah, it's hard to sustain. It's a long season, so it's hard to sustain that that um, oh, output, I suppose, for for the 22. They've done their work early, though. So they've eight, eight and two early. They've they've banked those wins. Yeah, so the ability, the ability to do that, they'll be drawing on that and understanding that people are looking at this pessimistically about the next three weeks. They'll look at it as an opportunity. That they they will be good enough. It's a big. It's probably a big call, but they they, they, they should be good enough yes. to win one of those three yes. and get in the finals. Yeah, probably two. Yeah, you know, where they've got themselves to, they will look no further ahead than Brisbane at the Gabba. And the loss to Adelaide could, could set themselves up. You know, to actually be like, okay, reality that, check. Yeah, the reality check when we're actually this far off. When we're, when we're, you know, perceived 2% off, we're 100% off. Yep. So let's get to work. Starts at training. Starts with the review. Um, personnel will be interesting. I don't think they'll they'll uh, do a huge amount. I was fascinated by the the call for for Jack Silvani out. No worries. So that, that was a, a big decision at match committee. But everyone was comparing him and saying, put Plowman out. People have got to understand the positions people play. I know. He's been so playing Plowman, the pseudo ruck role. Plowman <laughs> plays centre yeah. or, or a, a hybrid defender. Yep. Jack Silvani could play a hybrid defender, no worries, but he's actually at the moment picked as a, as a hybrid oh. forward ruckman. Yep. Okay. So team balance. When you go to match committee, you just don't pick your, pick your 22 favourites. <laughs> you, you pick a 22 that is going to – Play a role? Yeah, balance uh, around uh, each position. And give yourself a chance to win. And so. Pittenet needed to come in and uh, yeah. first game back from a PCL. I mean, he had thirty hitouts, I think it was eight disposals and a mark. I mean, he, he's going to build into it. I think R- Riley O'Brien had thirty hitouts as well. I don't know what the hitouts to advantage were. I couldn't find those this morning, but I thought Mark Pittenet was okay. But yes, Jack Silvani did come on. He he was the sub, and when he came on, he had an impact. He had thirteen touches. And goal. They've just got to find, I, I guess, where he, he fits in amongst the, the best 22, if that is indeed um, where he is. But the Blues actually have some injury issues at the moment, so it might pave the way for mm. him to, to come back into the best 22 next week. But Nick Newman left the game with a deep cut to his knee. Matt Kennedy um, had concussion and Corey Durden, unfortunately, subbed out with a shoulder injury. But, uh, yeah, the Blues, I think, uh, need to have a, a bit of a look at themselves. This was Michael Voss, the coach, after the game on what exactly went wrong. I'd, I'd probably start I'd, I'd probably start with the desire of both teams. They just had a greater desire than us. And uh, There's not too many games where we've walked away this year and um, lost the ground ball number that we, uh, that we had today. Uh, there's not too many games where contested possession, we were, um, where we've been on the, on the negative side of things. So... Uh, you know that effort, work rate, outnumber, um, winning contest. Uh, that that's got to be the cornerstone of your game every time. Every time you play, um, you know, pleasingly we've been able to achieve that for the majority of the year. Um, tonight we were certainly outworked, and that puts uh, that puts a lot of stress on other parts of your game um, if you can't get that right, or even at least make it a little bit even. So um, it puts a greater spotlight on your ball use and. Um, you know, you're holding on a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, you're right around decision making. But we just didn't get any flow on the game. But I wouldn't venture too far away from some of the contests. 
The Crows were good. Jordan Butts was good uh, in defence. I mean, Harry Mackay and Charlie Curnow, just the three goals um, between them. Ben Keyes, as we mentioned, doing that job on um, Saad, but had a huge impact himself with three goals, 21 disposals, 11 score involvements and four score assists. Um, Brody Smith. 37 touches and 1,019 metres gained, the four if figures. you don't mind. Yeah, four <laughs> figures. And, and I love that. You, and you speak about how, how a side might get you and how how a side might beat you. Uh, Brody Smith can beat you. Uh, Rory Laird can beat you. Yes. They're, they're, they're mainly the the more mature players of the Crows. And at the moment, you'd, you'd think uh, Tex Walker can clearly beat you. And they allowed uh, for large chunks, yeah, Brody Smith to, to be the difference. 1,000 metres gained if you... Thousand metres gain for Brody Smith is significant because of the way he bullets the ball and yeah. gets it from point A to point B uh, at a rush. Yeah, it was huge, and the Crows they they deserved that that win. They played really really well. I mean, it's sort of a meant a couple of momentum swings in that game, but they just fought hard. And as Michael Voss said, there the desire to win the ball. Um, and to win that contested ball was really there. Darcy Fogarty kicked two goals. One of them, he basically fended off three Carlton players. There were three missed tackles, really, from Carlton players, which probably won't go down so well in the uh, Monday review when they mm. look at that one back. But he also took an, a screamer, a really great mark of the year contender, and he's just had a really fantastic season, has Darcy Fogarty. You're really starting to see – and I was someone, I will admit, that thought, I don't know if he's going to make it. I'm not sure if he's going to get there. High draft pick, a lot of pressure mm. on him. Obviously, but this season, uh, it's been really good to see him and Tex Walker combining. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he, he's riding. He's the yo-yo. He's up, he's down. Yeah. He's been to the sandful. Uh, we, we so often forget um, the the youth and young nature of some of these key forwards. It's, it's yeah. a hard position to come in yep. and play. It takes longer to develop. They tried to, they tried to uh, pursue him as a midfielder there for a period, so I think that was kind of the last chance or second or third last chance yeah. saloon, they said, oh, no, let's go back to the well and, and and do the key forward stuff. Tex Walker coming back into the side, he, he missed the first, I mean, the th- first three games of the year, um, which put Adelaide, uh, you know, behind the eight ball in terms of developing some of those or, or putting those younger key forwards in the spotlight probably quicker than uh, they would have liked. So I'm just looking at the ladder now. Carlton, obviously, as we spoke about, seventh, then the Saints, eighth, Dogs, ninth, Richmond, 10. We're ruling out Port Adelaide and Gold Coast. Who's going to who's gonna be in the final? I've done a 1,000 ladder predictors, and I reckon it comes up different every yeah, time. I, I don't do them. I, I think the Dogs – and I think we're still too far away from them to just allow another week to, to pass. The last two weeks will be important. Usually uh, it's sewn up. Like at this yeah. point we know what's happening, which is so great for the competition, obviously. It'll be, it'll be, it's intriguing, if, isn't it? Because sides can stay in. Sides, there's poss- the possibility that sides will storm home and, and get in in form. And there's also possibility that sides will limp in and just stay in off the back of maybe one or zero wins in this last three weeks. Fremantle? Yeah. They, could so they Frio, you know, Carlton. So there, there's, there's a school of two, thought, uh, two, two schools of thought that if uh, if the side limps in, they're, they're going to be vulnerable in week one uh, versus a team that may storm in. The old school, you don't want to meet them first up, but there is that buy in between last round and first week of finals, mm. uh, I think. Yep. Right yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yep. the buy round, yeah. That, that uh, can probably halt some of that momentum and maybe allow a side, if they're not going that well, to, to regenerate, which the Dogs did in 2016. 
Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, Geelong quite <laughs> could very well just go into that finals bye weekend with, what, they're 10 in a row now, 13 in 13 a row. 13 in a row. Geez, they don't have a great record off a of bye, so <laughs> ah, <that's true. laughs> they might be vulnerable. But no, Geelong absolutely flying at the moment for mine. I think the Bulldogs are still going to get in there. The Saints, I just don't trust them enough at this point. To be fair, I don't trust any of those sort of teams on the cusp, but St Kilda certainly uh, yesterday, they led by 44 points and nearly let that game slip against Hawthorne. So we will chat more about all of those games on the other side of this. You are listening to Sunday Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Stay with us, Liam Pickering, to join us on the other side of this. Award-winning crunch time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. This is the pre-game show for Thirsty Camel. Answer the camel's call, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. It's great to have your company on this Sunday. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome to you. If you're staying on board for a second hour of Sunday Crunch Time, it's good to have you with us. It's been Nat Edwards and Michael Barlow, but we're now welcoming in Liam Pickering, who would be very, very happy after the events of last night at GMHBA Stadium. Uh, good afternoon, Nat, and to you, Mickey Boy, and everyone that's listening. It's, uh, yeah, it was a good game, wasn't it? The Cats were good. They were challenged early and then uh, put the foot down in the second quarter, and then it was pretty much their game from then onwards. But uh, no, they were very good. And a very special occasion, obviously. Joel Selwood, 350, just everything that he has done for that football club and the career he has, it's been quite incredible. It has. Uh, he's been a wonderful player. He's been a wonderful captain. And uh, he got his uh, team to back him up last night and they did uh, what they needed to do against a team that were pretty plucky early. But uh, when the game was on the line, the, uh, they didn't have any answers, the dogs. And where does he rate in terms of the best ever? Yes. Nat asked me the hard question earlier. <laughs> I, and I said, well, him. Pickers is coming yeah. in after 12. We put it on <laughs> and by the way, Pickers has come in and demanded to take my seat, to change the channel on the TV. <laughs> uh, he's, sweet, he's, he's the captain of the ship, and he hasn't been here for the first hour. No, did you, I haven't. Did you take his car spot too? Because JJ <laughs> he took his did. car spot, and that's why he's not what here. What are you anymore. driving, Mick? Are you driving some sort of. Are you underneath? <laughs> you can't miss my car. It's uh, branded in Werribee oh, football. Oh, well, it's, like <laughs> it's not yours. It's, it's some donkey's parked in my spot. Yes, that's exactly right. There's 100 spots down there, and they've parked mine every time. But yeah, no, it's, oh, he's been a legend of the club, really. Is he's, he the best ever? Oh, I don't think he's the best ever, but I mean, I think, yeah, you know, I think the two ablets would be ahead of him. Yeah. Um, Polly Farmer, maybe. It's hard to compare. But from a captain's point, of, well, he's certainly the best captain, captain. I've seen since yeah. I've been involved in AFL footy, and you know, since you know, as a player, and you know, obviously as a kid, just watching sport and not knowing what an impact he's had on the club, he's uh, he's been a remarkable player. All right, we've got plenty to get through in the next hour, but we're going to kick things off with. A chat as we look ahead to the first game this afternoon, the 110 game at Metricon Stadium is Gold Coast and the West Coast Eagles. And Gold Coast Senior Assistant Stephen King has been good enough to join us on Sunday Crunch Time. Welcome to you, Stephen. Afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. I am very much looking forward to this game for one reason, and that is Mac Andrew making his debut today. I'm very excited about him. Followed him in his under-18s year. I think uh, we, we can see the athleticism. We can see the talent. Just for our listeners who may not be familiar with Mac Andrew, just talk to us uh, a little bit about what we uh, are looking forward to seeing today. Well, yeah, no, it, it is an exciting time. He's a 
just a fantastic athlete. He's as tall as I am. He's about 202 centimetres, but he could play probably any position on the ground. Um, so you've seen him chase down tackle. He could play... I mean, he got drafted as a ruck forward, but we just slotted him down back uh, yeah. just with his light frame to almost be an interceptor this year and not have that pressure of a key defender just sort of bodying him all the time. So he's just adapted to that really well. Um, yeah, we just sort of thought he might take a bit longer to develop and he's been biding his time. He probably could have played a bit early, to be honest. But with Charlie Ballard getting injured, mm. yeah, he's uh, someone that can play tall, small, just reads the ball really well and um, just such composed young man for someone who's just entered the AFL system. Kingy McBarlow, what's the brief uh, for the last four games? Um, is it the you know, one week at a time? Or <laughs> I look at the ladder and I, I see possibility. Kingy, you win the next four. Still mathematically. And there's a few up top. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've been running the algorithms. They can drop out. So so what is the, the brief? It, it would be considered unlikely, uh, but there must be a purpose behind the next four weeks. Just win. Yep. Um, <laughs> the last four weeks. Great just brief. win and... and We've come up short a couple of times. Mm. I think the Essendon game was a really disappointing uh, day for us. But apart from that, I mean, I think we've worked really hard in the first half of the year of probably building and, and, and um, establishing the brand that we want to be known for. And just, I guess, whether you make finals or not, you just want to finish this, uh, the season strongly and, and maintain that, that work that we've done. So not only finish the year strongly, but to build off next year. So, yeah, look, we want to win as many games as we can. Uh, whether that gets us in the finals or not, that's a different story. But... Yeah, I mean, the boys, there's a few coming in that have had opportunities now with a bit of injury and, and they're, they're playing for, you know, for, for their opportunity now to grab that and, and solidify themselves here at this club as well. So, yeah, we just want to do our, do our best each week and obviously want to play to win. So that's, that's pretty simple. How much of it do you, do you feel is mindset? Uh, you're watching uh, on a couple of weeks ago with the Essendon situation. It, it felt like, you know, there, there's, there's an element of a, a side that can be comfortable with, with how the previous week's gone or, or, or how they, they're perceived from, from week to week and, and you in that, that coaching role to be able to, to balance up that and, and really steal them regardless of, of what the previous week's been like or, 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 or what they're facing on a current day? Yeah, it was just one of those days. Mm. I think the mindset of the group's been really strong. We've we, we, we trained a lot better. Um, I think, yeah, consistency during the week and the way we prepare has been really consistent. So <clears> I think it was just one of those days at Marvel. We had a, we had a really poor one. Um, a lot went right for Essendon that night. They were uh, they were razor sharp, and it was a quick deck. And you know, we just probably we probably um, I think just lacked a little bit of speed on the outside, and, and they got a hold of us. So you know, it doesn't take much to be off. I think as a group, we'll probably a couple of percent off each each player individually. And you know, it's just one of those nights you have. So, um, but pleasingly enough, the boys respond really strongly. And we, although we didn't get the win last week against Brisbane, we thought we did enough to. Uh, you know, to get a lot of the game on our terms, we just couldn't capitalise when we had those um, when we had momentum. Kingy, the, uh, the the West Coast have had their troubles this year. Clearly, uh, you have to plan for their best, though, don't you? That's exactly how your your mindset's got to be. Yep. West Coast, we know they've got names at the moment. They're just names. They're not playing like they have been. But you've got to plan, play, I guess, plan for them to be coming with some real ferocity today. Oh, absolutely, Pickers. They, they, you know, on, as you say, when we get the team up um, in training during the week and pre-game today. They've, they've got a lot of quality players, premiership players, all Australians running around. And Yeah, that's right. They've got a lot to play for. So, yeah, we expect their best. And even just with Nat Nui coming back in, you know, that's, that's, that changes the game a bit as well. So our, our mids especially will be on edge. And, you know, they've got a big job ahead of them today. Tim Kelly was tagged completely out of the game last week by the Saints. Do you look at doing something similar today? Oh, we'll keep an eye on it. I think we'll just see how we're going at the start. He's obviously... Yeah, the last couple of weeks had a run with roll, but um, 
we'll just sort of we've got a couple of players that we could go to if that's the case. But at the start, we'll just sort of back our group in to uh, yeah to try and get the game on our terms and and get to work collectively as a midfield group. We were talking earlier, Kingy, about uh, Joel Sowell, just to change topics for a second. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you played with him, obviously. You're a captain of the Cats yourself. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you rate him as a yeah. as a leader and a player inside that club? Oh, I think, as you said before, Piggers, talent-wise, the ablets are probably up there. But I think for someone who comes to a club that's had the impact on a club generationally and been able to change, I guess, how the club's perceived and the fortunes of a club, he's he's been he's had as much impact on any footy club that I could, as any player in the history of the game, I would have thought. He's, uh, yeah, a tremendous competitor, hard, but, um, you know, from a player and a teammate and a peer, how, how respected he is and how much, how, how much the boys love playing with him. He's, he's been incredible for that club and to see him still doing what he's doing now is quite, quite amazing. In terms of the leadership within the Gold Coast Suns, uh, I was lucky enough to, to be there with Jared Witts in, in the infancy of his um, leadership, you know, from, from Joel Selwood to Jared Witts, we don't want to compare too strongly, but you, you would have seen him up to, he's a very impressive individual in his form in 2022's been terrific and he has a big impact uh, off the field uh, with that developing group as well, doesn't he, Kingy? Oh, he does, Mick. Yeah, he's uh, he's been incredible for what he's done this year off a knee um, to not miss a game, just the way he competes. Um, he's been super resilient, but yeah, he he's somebody who comes in and, and you know, plays uh, in a role, I guess, at times the way he plays is, doesn't stand out too much, but geez, he's been able to give us such um, such a foundation around the ball to make sure we uh, get really st- are really stable around the footy now with him there. So he's been amazing. Obviously, Tuke's a different person than Widow, but the two of them, you know, really work off each other really well. And, you know, the boys look up to Widow. So I think it's just great he's back out playing um, and the way he trains and prepares, as you know, the boys the boys love him. So he's been fantastic. You mentioned Tuke. I mean, he's got to be... Well, he, Joel Selwood's a very good example of what Tuke, I think, can be mm. inside the, you know, that football club at the Gold Coast. Mm. Yep. Yeah, 100%, mate. He... Him, him committing, or was it a year ago now, you know, the next five or six years up here, it's, he, uh, he's a bit of a trailblazer too. The way he prepares himself, the way he uh, sees himself and where he can explore to get better, he actually inspires others around him to do the same. So he's a meticulous preparer. The way he leads is through his actions, his work rate, his drive, and you see it come out in games. So he's someone that like, you can just tell he wants to be the first, you know, the first captain of the Suns to play finals. He wants to be the first of a, you know, as a captain of the Suns to win a premiership. And you just see it every day in his actions and the way he goes about his life. He just he just leaves no stone unturned to get the best out of himself. So that just drives others around him. And, uh, you know, he's gone from a few years ago probably being more of a run-with player now just to being a, you know, a tremendous midfielder in his own right, a two-way runner that just, just competes. And, uh, you know, he's a beauty. How many of them are footy nuff nuffs up there, Kingy? And I say that in the <laughs> nicest possible way. You know, I, I, I used to watch every show when I was a player and, and read the papers and whatever. And you're a bit off-Broadway up there with regards to, yeah, as you know, coming to Melbourne, it's eight, ten, yeah. ten pages back. But how many of the boys, and who are they? They're real footy. I can imagine Matt Rao being one that's yeah. one of those guys that's just, no one's going everything. on everywhere. And Tuke Miller in a similar boat. Yeah, I think they get, it's a bit more balanced now, Piggers, with social media and all that sort of stuff, I guess. They, they probably just watch in patches a bit, but um, certainly... Probably back in our day, I don't think the boys sit down and watch as many games of footy as what I think our generation did. Um, but they certainly get their fix, um, you know, throughout the week and the way we prepare them. But I, I think they do probably balance out a little bit better than, than what maybe we did. But um, there's a few footy nuffies there. I mean, 
maybe they don't admit it, but I think they're down. Like, Noah Anderson knows exactly what's going on at every club and how every team play. Um, he's just, you know, he, you tell Noah something once, he just gets it forever. So he's, uh, he's a star, Noah, the way he prepares. So, yeah, I, I guess just being up here, a bit removed from the Melbourne media, but they're still the boys, I think, they, they watch enough and, and, and know what's going on, that's for sure. And just before we let you go, what are the conditions like at Metricon Stadium? It's a bit cooler than normal here, so it's um, thirty-four it's a cloud coming. Eighteen degrees. Oh, eighteen! I think we've got like 10 eighteen. Here. It's eighteen. Nah, yeah. So it's um, a bit of cloud cover. So I don't know. Hopefully that burns off a little bit more and it heats up by game time. But um, no, it's a perfect day. There's not much wind around, and I don't think there's too many showers predicted or anything like that. So it should be a perfect day for footy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Thank you so much for joining us on Sunday crunch time, and best of luck for the game ahead. No worries, guys. Thank you very much. Gold Coast Senior Assistant Coach Stephen King there. On the footy enough, enough talk. I mean, Mick, Mickey Barlow was enough, huh? Yeah, I was enough. I was a bit of a footy enough, too. Yeah. Same sort of thing. I, I knew what was going on with everybody because I just was inquisitive about football. Read everything. When a player that I managed, remember Ryan Bastanak, who played yes. for North yeah. and then obviously for the Brisbane. Basti could tell you every player in the AFL what boots they wore. What? He knew what boots every player in the opposition team wore. That's more common who, than you think. And 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 who wore their socks up and who wore them down. Yeah, that's really? more common than you think. Steel side bottom? Same. Is that right? Is yeah, he one of them? Steel side bottom. Maybe not now. At days when he was coming, not coming through, but he, yeah, not not that long ago, he could tell you every. Well, the boots every, that Mick Barlow's wearing. Yeah. Well, I was a bit of a, I, would, I jumped around a bit. I was going to say, I was, yeah, he was looking for wherever the dollar was and the free product. <laughs> I, 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 the funny Love story it. with that, actually, I was with Nike. And then I was Nat Fife's uh, date to the Brownlow in 2015, and he won it. Yes. And we didn't have any clothes pretty much for the week that we get yep. day. So he was Adidas, took me out to the Adidas store. Oh, no. I left the store and added us athlete. Oh, of course, of course you, did. you did. They of talked you into it. You did. Well, why not? <laughs> we love it. We love some freebies and we love a footy nuff nuff as well. Time now, though, to speak to the other side. The opposition. The opposition. And we have Matthew Knights from the West Coast Eagles on the line. Thanks so much for joining us on Sunday Crunch Time. Thank you. No problems at all. We are just talking about footy nuff-nuffs and, and the, the guys at your club who really study the game hard, they read everything, they consume a lot. Who would those be at the West Coast Eagles? As in players? Yeah. Um, I think they've... Um I think they vary. I mean, uh, I think a couple of the backs like um, Tom Barras and, and McGovern are really sort of into the game. I don't, I don't know whether they sort of watch every game of AFL that's going on every weekend, but they love to sort of, I guess, they call them students of the game. Um, they're really sort of into the details. Um, I think Andrew Gaff's a pretty, uh, probably sports-wide. You know, he, uh, if you can speak to him about most sports, including AFL, and he knows the uh, ins and outs and... Um, Who's going well and who's not? So yeah, they're probably three guys that sort of love their love their sport and love their AFL. Nader, it's uh, been a tough year. Let's, let's not hide from the, the fact that you won two games out of eighteen. How's the spirit around the place? I mean, I heard Simo on three sixty. I watched Simo on three sixty the other night. I had a bit of a laugh about the fact that his his young bloke said, "What about you winning a game?" I mean, how's the actual <laughs> feeling inside the, inside the club, mate? He's not the only one of the kids that are doing that. But um, no, well, it's interesting because like even captain's run we had yesterday here at Metricon, it was. Um, you know, the vibe was up, the mood was good. Um, obviously, early in the week, as you know, being in a footy environment, you know, the Monday and Tuesday is, is solid review. And, you know, you it's always um, everyone has a spring in their step a little bit more if you get the Ws on a regular basis. Um, so, yeah, that's been, uh, I guess, the first two days of the week have always probably been a bit gory at times this year. But um, the team have managed to pick themselves up as the week goes on. And, you know, the last six weeks, we, you know, 
haven't got the results we would have wanted to. And the most frustrating part is, you know, we've been halfway through the third quarter, early in the last quarters, we've been sort of a couple of kicks away from most games. So that's been frustrating, not being able to pick up a couple of Ws in that six weeks because so, yeah, it has been it has been a frustrating year for everyone concerned at the club um, and a challenging year. But um, we've got today and three games after this to really try and finish off strong and try and translate the way we want to keep playing our footy um, so that we can sort of run that into pre-season. And Nida, what helps uh, translate the way you play your footy there at West Coast is when Nick Natanui comes back mm. into the side. So back in today, late in the season, you know, only the two-win season, was there a thought to, to shut him down? And what were the discussions like around yeah. that? He would have just wanted to get in and play, I'd imagine. Yeah, Nick's a competitor, as you know, mate. You would have um, been, you know, watched him closely mm. over the last sort of eight or ten years. He just loves to play football and such a magnetic figure off the field and on the field that our boys really grow with him around. And it's not just the, it's not just the, ha- the tap-outs or the hit-outs. It's just, you know, I think early in the year, I remember a game he had 19 disposals against Collingwood and he had 18 contested possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the fall of the ball stuff, the way he protects the mids, the way he gets little handballs away. And then also that pressure he puts on the opposition. You know, I remember a number of years ago, young Brandon Parfitt, um, felt the wrath of Nick running at him one day and it was um, just the way he puts pressure on the opposition mid is something that's really important to us. So, great to have him back. Um, we really want Bailey to keep um, Bailey Williams to mm. keep progressing the way he does because throwing him the number one ruck over the last, well, probably nearly for every game this year apart from Nick's been out there has been great for Bailey. Um, he's developing, he's, he's getting better each week. Um, so, we really want him to still come to the forefront with Nick and the team so that... Um, we're going to have two decent rucks or quality rucks going at it. And in terms of Nick Natanuik, he's the, the best component of the centre square bounce in the comp when he's at his best. In my humble opinion, a guy like Tim Kelly, who had a limited week last week off the back of a really big tag, uh, will love that he comes back in and gives you that uh, versatility or, or that expression uh, in the centre square bounce. How's Tim handled the week off the back of a, a really quiet performance last week? Yeah, there's a couple of elements to that. Um, having coached TK a lot at um, Geelong, um, he's a real competitor and he's um, he's been snarly this week and determined. And like all good players, when they have a bad game, they go back and work on the track and they don't leave it to chance in the coming weeks. So he's done that this week. There's a real determination about him wanting to play well. Second phase of that is we've got to help him a lot more. Like We've done it reasonably well this year at times um, when TK's been run with. Um, I think in the Richmond game and the Hawthorne game, he really had an impact, even though he was under... I suppose, heavy tag at times. But last week, it just wasn't at the level. And we've got to help him a lot more with blocks and movement off the ball. And and I think you're right. Like, I think centre bounce is one of the few times you do get low-numbered stoppages these days in a lot of in a lot of room. Um, so when Nick's in the team, obviously, TK and Shuey and guys like that can get a, a little bit more ball around that centre square bounce, which sort of gets them going. Andrew Gaff's the milestone man today. 250 has been a terrific player for a long time. Just talk about, I guess, his impact that he's had on, on the club over the course of years, not just on field, but also off field. Yeah, well, I think we, um, we, watched, his, we watched his durability. Um, we watched you know, some vision during the week and just some of his movement and some of his running patterns and his brother capacity to break the lines has been enormous. I've only been here a short time mm. this year. Um, but Gaffey means a lot to the footy club and, and has been a very loyal player and expressed during the week that he wants to be a one-club player. Um, and that's um, you know that's great to see. So, yeah, we, we need to play. You don't play entirely for Andrew today, but it'd be terrific as we saw last night. I was sitting on the 
in the motel room watching Joel get, you know, go about his business last night after the game. He's one of the, obviously, the champs of Geelong um, to see what was achieved last night and the way uh, it was handled was brilliant. So, you know, in a different setting today, we have to make sure that a milestone game is really special for Gaffey and um, we play accordingly. Yeah, I'm sure all the West Coast supporters will be hoping that you managed to get a win today and celebrate Andrew Gaff and, and what he's achieved for the club so far. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck this afternoon. No problems. Thank you. West Coast assistant coach Matthew Knights there joining us on Sunday Crunch Time. That is the first game, one ten this afternoon. The one we're all looking forward to, I think, though, is the 320 game at the MCG. It is, of course, Richmond up against the Brisbane Lions. This one, oh, I'm really curious to see if the Brisbane Lions can finally break that MCG hoodoo. I know they've only played there a couple of times in the last uh, two seasons or so, but this is just so intriguing because Tigers need to win to get back into the eight. And obviously the Brisbane Lions, well, they want to get back inside the top four. Well, it's a critical game for both teams, really. As you say, the Brisbane Lions are looking for a top four finish. They really want to get in, in, in a double chance. You know, it's a, so it's a must-win game for them. And they, and they need to win against a good opposition mm, at the MCG. Do. Richmond, on the other hand, well, they can nearly shoot their season in the foot if they don't win tonight. Yeah. I mean, it's just about, in my view, I know there's still three games left. I get yep. that. But this is a game they have to win. Like if they're going to play finals, they have to win this. They'll yeah. be a game and a half out if they lose this. Yeah. And they've dropped the last 12 points that have been up for grabs. They should have 12. Yeah. They've taken two. Two, yeah, uh, correct. Of the, of the 12. So they need the mentality to, to go, probably not expecting externally to get a result today. They've got to go with the mindset to, to pinch four back that they've left in the bag in the last three weeks. Yeah, well, I think you know, they're going as the favourites. Mm. I think it's on Tom the back, Lynch back, on which the back helps. Of a, yeah, on the back of a, you know, a pretty hum, ho hum, really, Brisbane of the last sort of six weeks, really. At their best, both sides at their best. I think Brisbane win. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I think concur. Brisbane, if they if they come with a real strong mindset today, I think they'll be winning. And their forward line. So their forward line. I look at it on paper. It's so potent. It's so dynamic. It just hasn't been gelling. Like Eric Hipwood, I know he's coming back from the ACL. He hasn't really done much to this point. Zach Bailey's sort of been He's had a ho-hum year, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and he's one that But he's I a really, super talent. He's yeah, born he to play finals footy. But he's kid. a bit of a barometer too for them and, and he just hasn't been up and going. We know Charlie Cameron's been been good, but yeah, you just want a little bit more out of that, that attack. We know we, we know who Charlie Cameron's going to have as an opponent this afternoon. Mm. He's going to be about six foot four. Uh, <laughs> and he, Dylan Grimes goes to him every time. Yeah, Char- yeah. Charlie Cameron, he, in terms of what he provides, uh, I've watched... You, I watch him closely, and whenever they're going poorly, Brisbane, it's too hard, isn't it? It's it's a little bit the, the mindset or the body language which goes. So they need to, and Dylan Grimes has got him before, uh, big time, a number of times. So there has to be. I'm sensing a, a big build up from the Brisbane side. They've said they haven't acknowledged this MCG thing. I think they would have brought it along a little bit, <laughs> and, and I and absolutely they've got to go in with the mindset to support Charlie Cameron because they know, like you say. The whole world knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So let's stick up for our our number one igniter. Well, you know, they're going to be playing against Richmond. If, if Richmond win today, they'll be probably playing against them in the finals. Yeah. And, and potentially down here. 
Yeah. So they'd want to get something at out of this afternoon. You need to learn to, to win at the G if you, you want do. to oh, play yep. finals and you want to you win sure a premiership. Of course, Richmond, uh, Tom Lynch, Jack Ross come back in, going out. Ralph Smith omitted. Morris Riley was the medical sub. And Ivan Soldo omitted as well. Dropped from that team. The Lions bring back Kadeen Coleman, who's been pretty good Darn this good player, season. I love him. Um, nice and player. going out, Darcy Fort was the medical sub. And Daniel Rich, unfortunately, has concussion. So that's that game. We also have... Essendon and North Melbourne at 4.40 at Marvel. This game actually intrigues me a, a little bit because it could be the old banana peel game for, for Essendon. Yeah, well, it could, but I don't think it will be. I think they'll have the have measure, to be honest. They should have won last week. Well, I think so, yeah. I, I think I think Essendon will be probably winning this game this afternoon. But, yeah. I mean, North can give a bit of cheek. That's probably about all that they'll be able to give, in my view, but... Uh, I don't think they'll be able to go with Eston for the full four quarters, and I don't think they'll be able to win. Uh, good for the Roos to get Nick Larkey back into the side. They've also got a debutant in Callan Dawson today, who was uh, the second pick in this year's mid-season rookie draft. Okay, so. It's good to see these guys get an opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you've only come in five minutes ago, yeah. really, and they get their opportunity to have a go at, uh, at AFL level. And, and, some of position, them, yeah. and some of them have come in and have done really well. Yeah. Look at the Collingwood boys. Yeah, They're both well, going well. well no. Yeah, we'll mid season. What have they got? They've got Noble, Carmichael, and Ash Johnson. And, all mid season, and one more. There's four of them. Uh, I'm sure I saw four names. Yeah, but it's over the last couple of years. As, they've done as well as any uh, yeah, in that have. space. They as have. has Hawthorne, John Newcomb and James Blank. Well, both any opportunity very, to put Hawthorne nice. involved? Yeah, <laughs> mm. I just had to get us into that the is, conversation. Yeah, somewhere. Yes. <laughs> I think James Blank and John Newcomb will be playing in September as mid-season uh, draftees. Well, okay, not, don't this, rub not it this in. September, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years to come. There's still plenty more to come here on Sunday crunch time. As I say, we are counting down to the Gold Coast West Coast game. One ten start at Metricon Stadium. Then. As we said before, Richmond and Brisbane, three twenty at the MCG, Essendon and North Melbourne as well, four forty PM to round out round twenty. We've had a pretty uh jam-packed uh, Saturday of football. If you've missed it and you're just catching up, the winner's list um, from yesterday, obviously the Swans thumping the Giants, the Saints on the winner's list as well, keeping their season alive. The Cats last night, too good in that third term against the Bulldogs. The Crows, a shock loss, a shock upset um, win over Carlton as well. And, of course, the Pies have made it 10 wins in a row. They've basically extinguished the Powers finals chances in the process. Cannot wait for Friday night football this weekend. Collingwood and Melbourne, that's going to be an absolute blockbuster at the MCG. Stay with us. Our experts are here today for Buy My Stock. Got excess stock. Visit buymystock.com.au. Nat Edwards, Liam Pickering and Michael Barlow back with you on the other side of this break. The award-winning Crunch Time. Enjoying Crunch Time banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Okay, Mick, it's time to have a bit of a dabble here with our man, Joshy Jeans. Um, well, he gets very excited. He gets, Especially when the West Coast are playing. West, and about Coast. Half West Coast Gold Coast, the only bloke in the world that knows this is on. It's Josh Jeans. It's Josh Jeans, and he's on the line now. G'day, Josh. Well, you know, my two-year-old daughter knows it's on, so she's uh, she's watching with me today, forced to do it. So, you know, get excited, guys. Get the, beauty excited. Is, the beauty is, look, the pain won't take long for it to finish. <laughs> It'll be over by three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Are they going to bring the mercy rule in, you reckon, just for the Eagles this year, you know, just to finish the season off? We'll just put the cue in the rack, I reckon. Well, well, but jo- uh, Josh, I reckon the Eagles 
win. What have you got there at, uh, at Devils today? Yeah, they win. Yeah. The crunch, the, the crunch time team have said the opposite. So you've gone Gold Coast Suns by 25 yeah, plus. Yeah, that's because Pickers and uh, I have it. We haven't had one conversation outside of on air. So yeah. this is how we're just – what are we doing, Pickers? Yeah. We're, Gold Coast we're going 25 plus, mate. Oh. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Gold Coast 25 I, plus. Yeah, what else are we doing? I, I should say we should just stick with uh, Mickey Barley because last week we had a win, Pickers, when you weren't on. Really? And then obviously we're – yeah, no, we had no. a win on Sunday. Pickers is and, the captain um, of this ship, Joshy, so we'll <laughs> go with Gold Coast uh, plus yeah, yeah. 25. Right, got to appeal to the older audience. I get it. I get That's it. it. Uh, t- the Tigers as well, head-to-head. And uh, the Bombers, 25-plus over the Roos. What are we liking? Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't think Brisbane head-to-head would have been a better option. But, you know, we're working <laughs> as a team. We're doing it your way. I get we it. Should, we should have um, teamed up. All right, so let's have a look. Gold Coast, 25-plus. Richmond yeah. head-to-head. Essendon, 25-plus. Um, well, that'll give us a nice little result. Yeah, absolutely. $3.80 there. So hopefully we can continue that good form from last Sunday. Uh, and just to shout out that we've uh, celebrated one year of trading at Dabble. So it's, a, it's our birthday week. So what's hopefully on, you guys have a win to celebrate. The ice cream cake? Or? Yeah, yeah, well, actually, we had a bit of a live stream going. I was telling you about it last week, how we had Tommy Sheridan yeah. on. But uh, this time we had people from behind the scenes. And uh, it sounds like a made-up name, but Barry from Finance literally jumped on. <laughs> And 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 he uh, he picked a four dollar sixty winner and three hundred and sixty five dabblers backed it in, and he had his head in his hands because he knew we were paying out big on our birthday. So it was an absolute uh, nightmare for Barry, but uh, no right. big celebrations jo- all around. Josh, if I got the option of hanging out with Barry from Finance or Tom Sheridan, <laughs> I'd take Barry from Finance every day of the week. <laughs> good call, good call. But of course, if you want to copy it, just download the Dabble app, follow the Crunch Time AFL team, and go on, have a Dabble, Dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Thanks, Josh. We'll chat to you again next week, mate. Uh, Joshy Jeans there from Dabble. Hey, just before we go to another break, I do want to chat to you, Mick, about your Fremantle Dockers. Oh, I didn't want We'd gone this far without bringing them up. I know, but I think we need to talk about them. They're exposed a bit. Yeah, yeah, what is going wrong? The ball movement, it's uh, stale. Oh, it's it's, it's bland. Friday night, you look, you have a tough week at work. Everyone loves Friday night because you've got through the week, you've, you've got to the weekend. And then you watch your team do that. It was it was really poor. Melbourne came with with a plan, uh, and Fremantle just had no option with. But when, as soon as there is weather at the moment, they're terrible. They're, in they the are rest. they are really poor. Terrible. Why is that? No no idea. Because there shouldn't the, be an issue the, with them. The, the numbers the numbers stacked up to say that they. If you look at the numbers the next morning and don't watch the game, and don't see the score, you think the Dockers. You know, with Monday having thirty five, Brody having thirty five, mm. Brayshaw getting a lot of the football. You think they're going to, to be okay. Oh, they don't have any confidence. The way they move the ball pickers between uh, an interest in your opinion, they don't have a huge amount of confidence with their key poles in the front half to actually just, oh, look up, let's go to Tabernacle. Let's go no. to Lob. Lob didn't, um, didn't fire at all, but either did Tabernacle. And then when they're not doing that, the small forwards become null and void because the ball's not yeah. getting to ground. And they weren't brave. They, they, I mean, Melbourne cut them off, to be fair. They, they blocked, the, blocked the corridor off. Mm. But they didn't even, in the end, they weren't even looking for 45s. Yeah. Changing of angles. It was it was really slow, boring. Playing right into Melbourne's hands mm. is what they did. Mm. Absolutely. Like if you watch Lever and May and that, 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 oh, licking their lips back, licking their defense. lips, they would have been uh, they would have walked off very comfortable with the game and, and the way it was played. So a lot of learnings for the for the Dockers. So Frio's last three games, they've scored sixty five points, fifty two, and thirty nine.
they're just they're forward mix too. I mean, do we now question their credibility as contenders? Who have they got next week? Because they need to bounce back. They hard. have the Western Bulldogs at Marvel. Marvel, so that, they'd go in underdogs there. Yeah, they, I think they will too. Yeah. I, think go in I mean, underdogs. so you look: Logue, Lob, Henry, Frederick, Tabernard, Walters, Schultz. You can kind of throw Bailey Bamfield in there as well into that forward mix. They're missing Fife, Switkowski, and, and Jai Amos, who's who's a young kid still coming through. But I don't know. Is that forward mix the mix that's going to have can, you? Well, it can be a dangerous mix, but you've got to – the only way it can be dangerous is to, to actually win the ball out of the middle. Yeah. And get it in quick. And deliver it correctly. Yeah, correct. And if it's slow ball movement, you can, you can throw a, you know, 10 gun forwards and it'll be the same result. Like if, they, if the Hawthorne forward line of Franklin, Ruffhead, Rioli – the ball was coming in as slow as it was the other night. I, I doubt they would have got a score. Yeah. yeah. And for people that think Nat Fife doesn't fit into their side, he fits into their side. <laughs> well, he's a reasonably important player. Well, he he changed the, the, the game against St Kilda a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He changed that game. He did. Yeah. Went in, so centre square bounce, one ball, might kick goals. So when he comes back, right, and it won't be probably till the end of the year, but finals time, he comes back, he starts inside mid. Mm. Oh, I think the, the role they'll have him playing is – that high half forward with a, with a license to come up into stoppage and pick and choose a little bit. So yeah. oppositions will have to have a bit of a plan around. Oh, Nat Five, is he a forward? Is he a mid? He's a bit of both. So that if you're playing purely as a mid, I think that's a bit more predictable, and the Dockers become a bit more predictable. Yeah, I mean no, the Fremantle have played some great football this year. They've beaten some good teams, beaten some but, really good teams. But after the bye against the contenders, who they're going to have to play and face during finals. They scored 50 points against Carlton, 65. That was Sydney and then Melbourne. I mean, I just I just feel like they're just going in. And you don't want to get to that point where in September they're the ones just making up the numbers. Well, they're an immature team, Matt. They're an immature finals team for a start. I yeah, mean, how many still... players in their list would have played finals? Not many. Five. Uh, five. Five. Walters. Who uh, else? That, Mon- that, Monday, that, obviously. Monday. Monday's played. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's play not many, though. Up. They're an immature finals team. So yeah. Carlton. Yeah. yeah. Well, Carlton haven't got a player on their list. I don't think that's played finals. Carlton are vulnerable right now. And they, they might, might not make the finals. That's yeah. right. After their upset loss yesterday to, to, uh, to Adelaide. I still think there's a lot to like about Fremantle. I do too. But I like them a lot. It's just yeah. not working at the moment, whether teams have found them out or, or what it is. And mm. you, you mentioned about their ball movement and their game style just not quite working mm. right now. So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see what they can produce. Big game, of course, next week against the Bulldogs. Um, at Marvel Stadium. Let's go to a, a break. And on the other side of that, we're going to talk about a few things, maybe looking at someone who's going to bounce back this week. So that's still to come here on Sunday Crunch Time. The award-winning Crunch Time. Great to have your company on this Sunday afternoon, Sunday crunch time. Nat Edwards, Liam Pickering and Michael Barlow with you. Don't forget to check out the AFL record this week if you haven't already. Obviously, the Milestone men will be featuring, of course, last night, Joel Selwood, the Geelong skipper, broke yet another record when he led the Cats out. The fastest player to reach 350 games, the first player to do that for the Geelong Football Club. He's played in 37 finals so far in his career, is set to embark on another. Michael Tuck holds the record what for is 39. Record? Is that all it is? So he's two games off. So he's two games tucky. off, which you think 
Oh, they'll play two finals. Exactly. They're gonna get, they're so gonna he's going to get there, maybe even beat it. Another record has just been phenomenal. And, of course, Richmond star Shane Edwards will become just the fifth Tiger to play 300 games. That game today at the MCG, 3.20 Eastern time. Um, start time against the Brisbane Lions. Very much looking forward to that game. Our experts today are here for Buy My Stock. Got excess stock. Visit buymystock.com. Au. I want to talk about the bounce back for DuraVeg, providing erosion control and environmental revegetation. Mm-hmm. Pickers. Tim Kelly will bounce back Ooh. this afternoon. Yeah, Tim. Bang. Well, very rare he gets he got badly beaten last week. In fact, it stopped, he stopped running in the finish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That young uh, Marcus Wind, Wind, Windhager. 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 Love him. Yeah, really nice player. Did a great job. Anyway, he. Uh, the tag is back. It's back in vogue. Sure, I like been, it. To be honest. I love a tagger. When they say, oh, you, you can't tag these days. Oh, team defence. What a lot of rot. You've got a star player. I'll stick someone on him. Yeah, it's who, not that hard. Who can, who can beat you? Uh, Christian Petrarca, he can beat you. So maybe go <laughs> put someone Jay. on him. Lockie Neal? Every time. Yeah. When he's been sat on at times this year, he's had no effect. Mm. Or he's had minimal inf- minimal, yeah. Uh, you know, effect. But Just reduce the impact. I think he will have a, an opponent to that. I think it will be Tuke Miller. I think they will go head to head. And I think that he will bounce back. There's a lot of thinking. Juicy. I, I like it. That's what happens. You get up early in the morning <laughs> too much. try it. You need to think a lot better. Uh, he's got a new baby, so yeah. he's a bit sleep deprived. The nah, thinking doesn't really work with that. I've got 18 years head start on you in that department, mate. So <laughs> bounce, my bounce back uh, will be Charlie Cameron at the MCG today. I feel Ooh. like he's going to to bounce back against that matchup against Dylan Grimes. And the Brisbane forward line should help him out as well. I like it. So you're tipping Brisbane to break the hoodoo. Haven't won there since He likes Richmond, he said before. Well, we're kind of and ju- he, he, also likes, he also likes West Coast. Uh, we're, we're a bit handcuffed by the, by the sponsor. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're, we're handcuffed by, they don't want to point fingers, but Benny Lyon. Yeah, the, the producer had come in and said, okay, you're tipping this, this, and this. Yeah, I was like, well, well yeah, I actually reckon West Coast. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't like this, I don't like that. No, I, I think... I think uh, I do like Brisbane today out of all sincerity. I think it'll be a close game, like either either side by kind of either two goals. Yeah, I don't think it'll be much in it, but I've got a feeling that Brisbane might get the job done too. I'm tipping Essendon to bounce back. Oh, what a, gee, what a big tip. <laughs> I've gone out on a limb. Against the bottom team. <laughs> I've gone out on a limb here, and Essendon are going to bounce back Tell against what, those Bruce. With, with <laughs> the guts and determination you show when you come in and put a microphone at your goal. No, fantastic. Well done. I'm hoping that Werribee can bounce back next week as well. Don't bring it up. I'll bring it up. I, I already brought up Sam Darcy having 19 touches and what, 14 marks. Land, land of the Giants yesterday. Steph Martin, Jordan Sweet, Sam Darcy. Where did no. my man go? Uh, you've got a few men. Who is yeah, it? Yeah, no, well, you know, the fullback, Nathan. Coops. Oh, Coops. Injured back oh, next week. Bloody hopefully. Injured all the time. Yeah. Well, away. you should know as your client. He's been out for six, six weeks. Yeah, I thought he was back. <laughs> said he was back do, this week. Do your job. Oh, I haven't looked on. Hey, listen. I can't do everything. We have players running around in the AFL. I can't keep it on everybody. <laughs> Give me half a chance. I'm, try, I'm trying to get the VFL ladder up here on afl.com.au. No, what, what, what's happening? You're playing finals? We're one or two finals? wins out of the eight. We'll, we'll need to be good in the back three. Mm. We'll need to be three to go. You have Brisbane, to win them all, don't Brisbane you? away, yeah, we need it. We need it. As a coach, you just focus on the next one. Oh, so yeah, I right. just need to win the next that one. I'd say you're sitting at home and you, you, you're feeding the baby at the same yeah. time you're uh, you're doing the ladder predictor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was doing a bit of predicting of the ladder this week, but um, 
we, we didn't win yesterday. So that predictor goes back into the... Because uh, Footscray and the VFL, I know we're not going to talk about this for too long, but <laughs> Footscray's VFL haven't had a... Unusually have had a poor season. Yeah, and, and as you know, it's very dictated to by who, who they have. And I think as of last week, uh, they pretty much have a full conglomerate. I reckon Hayden Crozier and Mitch Wallace might be the only guys injured on their, on their list at the moment. Okay, and then tell us about young Darcy, by the way. Good. Yeah, yeah. So we prepared all week for him to play forward. Yeah, so he played forward the week before. When he gets a good run and jump at it in in the forward line, looks looks good. Looks world beater. So we went in with a bit of a plan, a bit of physicality. Don't give him access to the ball. Uh, he starts at full back. <laughs> and he took 14 marks, 15 marks. Yeah, he marks. took 14. And, and there was some moments, like, and again, the critical edge, like it will be body work and physicality in the early stages of his career. But yeah, the, the nous of understanding where the ball's going and, and accessing intercepts, he was he was really good. It's, a, so. it's, a, it's good for the dogs. I mean, they had a tough Very night good. last night. We know that they've got a the glaring hole in defence. Mm. On that performance, Mick... Can he play next week? Oh, he won't. I'm, I'm just reading between the lines with Bevo's yeah, press I conference. Think so. I don't think Bevo's going to go to a press conference and tell everyone exactly no, what he's thinking. Though. No. <laughs> uh, I, I would imagine they'd be looking to get him through the rest of the year in the VFL and, and have a big year with him next year. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll under- play the long, the long game. I can understand like the long. Jamara. I can understand the long game. But you But I could also say sometimes players are just there. They might not be physically there, but they're there. You think? Oh, we're not playing. Let's see how he goes. Play him in a final. Marlon Pickett style. We'll do a debut, debut in a final exactly. as a 16 year old or a 17 year old and kick five or yep. four or something. So, why couldn't you do that? I know. It'll be interesting to see what Bevo does do in the last three weeks. But I reckon I agree with Mick. Just listening to his press conferences over the last couple of weeks, he gets asked every single time about Sam Darcy, and it just seems like maybe he's. So, now you 14, 15 mark performance. I'll tell you what, I'm looking at the selection board going. Wouldn't wouldn't hurt us to have another tall in defence, mm. and you can sort of hide him. Like Conning's not physically ready yet. I that, mean, I know he's two years older. Point. I get that, yeah. but yep. you know the reality is they threw him in there and just went, "Well, we'll have a go and see how you go, son." Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Luke Beveridge decides to play. There is a late change actually at the Gold Coast at Metricon, obviously playing West Coast that game due to start in about twenty minutes. But Brandon Ellis has been ruled out with a shoulder injury. Oleg Markov comes in to replace him in the twenty-two at this stage, and I'm just looking at the medical subs. Who's seven today? Who do we have? Hugh Dixon is West Coast medical sub, and Huego Paul. Oh, yeah, is the Medi sub well, for uh, Gold I'd be calling Coast. that name Sounds myself today. <laughs> Are we leaving that to BP? BP looks good. He's got, got, uh, got, he's ready. Oh, yeah. Big game, though. For Ace, they call him. The Andrew nickname. Gaff. A, game 250 yeah, right. for Andrew Gaff. And uh, Josh Kennedy being managed. This is his last season, isn't it? You'd think so. He's been a, well, geez, he's been a wonderful player. God, he's been he's, they've won that trade with the Judd trade. Yeah. The West Coast well, have won that trade. Well, <laughs> and, I mean, there's no winning there's the trade like, because Judd's yeah. a superstar. I exactly. get that. But if you look at what – what they've got out of Josh Kennedy. Oh, a phenomenal And how much player. better Carlton would have been if they had a kept Kennedy I and know, someone else would have I know, there. I know, you know but they go, didn't oh, do dear. that. Well, well, they got a superstar in and he got him to a final series, but that was it, what? just one. Mm. One of Brownlow, but that doesn't really help the team. So I asked Mick this question before, looking at the ladder. You got Frio 06, Carlton 7, St Kilda in 8th, then you've got the Dogs, Richmond, Jesus. Port were kind of putting a line through. Maybe the Suns, if they can win the last four, but probably Unlikely. unlikely. Mick said he needed another week to kind of make the call on what the final eight's going to look like. Probably, Are you ready right. to no, no, I need think another week? I might need another four hours. 
you know, because I reckon that game or five yeah, hours, that game this afternoon yeah. will tell yeah. me whether I think Richmond will make it or not. Because yeah. the Richmond have got, coming up, they've got Port Adelaide and Adelaide next week. That's no walk in the park. No. Mm. And then who have they got after that? Nat, have you got the... Rick, the Hawthorne, I think they play Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Yeah, and then Essendon, I reckon, last game yeah. for the Tigers. So you'd think they'll win. If they win today, they'll make the finals. Because they'll win, I reckon, those last three. I think they can win all them. Yeah, Hawthorne But they need Essendon. to win at least three because their percentage isn't great. Uh, Bulldogs... Half a game ahead of them. Bulldogs next week take Fremantle at Marvel, which is going to be difficult. Mm. Marvel, yep. uh, Fremantle seem to like Marvel. But then Stadium. they have the Giants. And they'll and win that. And then they have the other one, escapes, Hawthorne in, at Tassie. Yeah, and I think they'll win that too, especially if it's if season on the line. And the Saints, who are sitting in eighth spot at the moment, they have got next week Geelong at Geelong. They're not winning that game. They're not winning that game. And then I'm not sure who they've got after that, but they've got a tough draw on the way home, so... You think they're wobbly, and the Blues? Well, that lost. That that was their. Uh, that was their chance to set themselves up. They're definitely they, playing. We weren't final. even yeah. thinking last night no. they could lose. Were no. you? Like it was. Wasn't even a question. Yeah, that was one. And of And they've my, got Brisbane at the Gabba, Melbourne, and then Collingwood at the G. It's going to come down to round twenty-three. I know. How exciting is that? Oh, it's though? awesome! And that game's, I reckon, the oh. Sunday three-twenty game, isn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine how many are they going to get there for that? It's God. going to be a full house for well, that they game. They had about eighty thousand last yeah. time they played. They'll get every bit yeah. of that and more if it's game on the line. Because Collingwood will be playing for a top four spot, yeah. potentially a top two spot. Yeah. What a season we've had. Like, honestly, it's just so exciting that usually at this point of the year we know the top eight's been. Yeah. There's some real it's dead done, and there's dead games, stinkers. but but they're really <laughs> yes. And that mid, you go through that lull in July, it's really cold, yeah. and there's crappy games of football. On, but it's actually genuinely exciting. Yeah, there's I agree. There's so many storylines everywhere. Yeah, it is. It's been it's been a wonderful season, really, and it's great to see the crowds back, and everyone says the cool crowds are down. They're not down. They're actually pretty good. We're getting good supportership at the at the various games, and the, when they schedule big games, look, they'll get fifty plus today at the MCG for Richmond Brisbane. It'll be a big crowd for those two, considering Brisbane. Well, and Fitzroy supporters all. Yeah, they'll ha- they have got a strongish, mm, not Melbourne. as strong as the Swans, but a no. strongish set up the Brisbane Lions um, as from a supporter base. But oh, I just think it'll be a fabulous game this afternoon, and I, I think they'll get fifty plus. It's not a bad day in Melbourne. Good no. day to go to the footy. Tigers fans get out. We know that. Shane Edwards three hundred. Well, when you go, yeah, I'll be there. Exactly. You go. Are oh, you doing game. the game? No. I'm- <laughs> I'm, He's no, doing no, the blockbuster Gold said, Coast, no, West Coast. I'll be there. We're Gold I thought you were going there. Are you doing the game with me at 110? Where are you, mate? Where are you? I know I'm doing the game. I thought you said you were going across <laughs> the MCG. The, 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 the cohesion at the I moment. Know, I, I know. know, I tell I know. You right Come now. on, guys. Get I, your act together. I thought he was going to put in a double invoice. <laughs> don't hey, do the first game and then go across to the Don't G. shark me. I still might. We've got a couple minutes of the show left. Obviously, this game at Metricon Stadium is due to start at 110. I want to get your final thoughts on this one before it kicks off. Well, there's hope. Uh, they will continue to go hard, the Gold Coast, and I think they'll be competitive, strong, and too good for the West Coast this afternoon. Yeah, I like the inclusion of Nick Natanui. It makes a big difference. Yeah. It does make a huge difference. It's going to be an intriguing battle uh, against Jared Wiss. enjoyed listening to Matthew Knight's take on Tim Kelly that he's, yep. he's been ed- edgy and he's a competitor. Snarly, I, don't I think, think was I don't, the word he, he used. There wasn't so much snarl in his game for the last mm. half last week, so I'd like to see a response there. And I think the, the West Coast Eagles uh, are a sneaky, a sneaky chance. What's got to go right for them? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is everything. Yeah, there, there is. Be, uh, again, around the ball, if you can compete around the ball and, and own the, get some 
front half dominance and get the ball into your half. No, Josh Kennedy uh, yeah, that hurts. Is, is a big. Which, Will, which, Willie Rioli comes when, back when in. We're saying, when we're saying there's no Josh Kennedy, like we said, discussed before, it's probably his swan song this year. Could be a grim couple of years, few years for, for the West Coast Eagles. Oh, there's not a huge amount coming through. Too big, too big a club. They'll bounce. Yeah, they'll they, bounce they haven't back. Been, they haven't been linked to many players, have they? But No, I think they're going to hit the draft. Mm. I'm not sure where, where their picks sit. Remember, they traded a lot of them away to they get did. Tim Kelly. They so did. They were chips in on Kelly and taking them from where they were, flagged four years ago, to and then a final series to nowhere. Uh, and they've, they've been severely impacted this year with, with COVID. We know that. But yeah, yeah it's everyone, been a tough year for them. But everyone in and Victoria injuries had, as well. They've been affected for two years themselves. So Well, yeah. I think it was, it was just that culmination of COVID and they had a lot of injury issues. Injuries, but Nick yeah. Nat's back, Petrocelli, Willie Rioli, he had a good start to the season before he got injured. So he's back in the side as well. And I think I'm just looking forward to seeing Mac Andrew make his yeah, debut. Obviously, talented. pick five in last year's draft. He's he, going to play in defence. He's a talented player. So athletic. He's so exciting. He just, he's just exciting to watch. Like in his under 18, I just remember the champs watching him just tear apart a couple of games in the centre. Exciting times ahead. West Coast and Gold Coast coming up very shortly. Thanks for joining us. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.